Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Monday, February 26th. It is six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So over the weekend, Donald Trump, he won South Carolina's Republican primary on Saturday, easily beating Nikki Haley in her home state. Oh, no. Further consolidating his path to the third straight GOP nomination. All right, buckle up, Casey. It's going to be a day. Good. As we like to say in the uh, in the business, and mm-hmm. it could be because I was awakened with my child uh, screaming for food at 5 a.m. and was not able <laughs> to go back to sleep. Or it could be I'm generally just at my wits in with mm-hmm. society as a collective and the politicians' unwillingness mm-hmm. to listen to the just obvious things voters are telling them but today yeah today is going to be a good one excellent we're not going to blame it on that beautiful baby girl of yours so let's blame it on the politicians you ever been headbutted by an eight-month-old <laughs> <laughs> hey okay so the, the exit poll obviously look trump wins and it was never in doubt mm-hmm. and it was never it wasn't i mean i love that the afp i guess apparently has dropped all their support now from nikki haley like they were clinging on americans for prosperity like they were clinging on through South Carolina. They were Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're out. It's over. But here's what's interesting about South Carolina. Not the result, but what the people actually said. And the number one, so the Washington Post has an in-depth article on exit polling. And in, in mass, in mass, the number one issue Mm -hmm. that people vote who voted for trump you know what they said why they voted the issue that the thing that decide the quality of trump that made them decide to pull the lever for donald trump was foreign policy but no was not would you like to try again was it the border no it was not the economy no casey would you like to know why the number one reason and the quality of donald trump the people voted for him was fights for people Mm -hmm. like me yeah 89 percent to 11 percent donald trump won amongst the people who said the number one quality i'm looking for is someone who will fight for people like me Mm -hmm. and this should be such an obvious thing to these five six however many there are underachievers generally underachievers running for governor running for governor in the state of indiana that people and the, if, if you don't believe the washington post exit polling maybe you'll believe the citizen surveys from indiana senate republicans right people are desperate for someone for anyone to believe in because they believe the entire system is absolutely rigged against them by politicians who do not care about them at all, who will sell them down the river in a moment's notice, who will give away their lives and their betterment and their sense of self-worth to donors and lobbyists at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. They are looking for anyone to stand up for them because they're not finding it anywhere no we're sick of hearing politicians fight for themselves 
it's all about them, not about us. And this is why, overwhelmingly, in every single state so far, voters have chosen in a Republican primary to go with a guy who is about as flawed a candidate as you could possibly dream of. Mm-hmm. Because they have said, we are so sick. We are so sick of the politicians on both sides in mass, not caring about us, not fighting for us, not putting us first. And if you look at to bring this home to the state of Indiana, the number one issue property taxes is property taxes <laughs> and yet not a single solitary one of these people mm-hmm. have a plan running for governor has a plan. And if you are hearing because we all know they listen, right? They're listening. Their people are listening. They all let us know they're listening. If you would like to be governor of the state of Indiana, that field is wide open. Mm-hmm. Somebody. Start fighting for the people you want to represent. <laughs> Any of you people would like to be governor. It's going to be hard to have a property tax plan. But I promise you, if you have a plan on property taxes that people actually can believe in and get behind, you can win. Even the people who are polling at whatever it is, one or two or whatever Doden's at right now. Mm-hmm. You can win. Does it even matter if the plan would work? No. It's almost like just act like you've thought about it for a minute other than saying we're going to look into it. So whether Come up with something. It is just unbelievable. I saw this and it, I just, just like I looked at this and said, it is so obvious whether it's Indiana Senate Republicans or does this Washington Post poll on the presidential election, people are so exhausted mm-hmm. with politicians who do not care about them. We see this in communities across central Indiana with the irresponsible, illogical growth that is taking place with these apartment complexes and warehouses and leap districts and all of this stuff where the people are telling you, please stop destroying our communities. Please stop voting against our interests. Please stop putting developers and lobbyists and donors ahead of us. And you would think one of these politicians would want to grab that brass ring, Casey, Mm -hmm. that is right there, that is overwhelmingly in exit polling and citizen surveys telling you, please just think of us and put us first. Fight for us. Do you think that the phrase drain the swamp means anything? It's almost unbelievable. And you hear all the politicians all the time, I'm going to go to D.C. and drain the swamp. Wouldn't it be better to say, I'm going to fight for you? That should be the new rally cry. Well, like, so again, to bring this home, because again, there's many, many, the, the, let's face it, South Carolina was a snooze fest. Yeah. Everybody knew what was going to happen. It did happen. And there's there's other things that, you know, in the exit polling that's interesting. I think another thing that kind of stood out, if we're just going to do with the nuances of polling and elections, is that overwhelmingly, two-thirds of the people had made up their mind before February. So, I mean, every every ad, every dollar spent, every everything for the past, what has it been? What was that, 23 or 24 days? Was a complete waste of time. And the people who had made up their mind, it went the way the election went, which is two to one. So, basically, the entire month of February, other than those TV and radio stations that made out like bandits, mm-hmm. it was a colossal waste of everyone's money. But I just... <laughs> Maybe bad for the country, but it's good for business. Like, I, I watched the Brad Chambers ads mm-hmm. over the weekend, and I mean, they're on all all the time Mm -hmm. and they're laughable that he's presenting himself as an outsider yeah buddy nobody believes you're anything other than an errand boy for eric holcomb and you know what people hate eric holcomb in their in the republic the base of the republican party hates eric holcomb 
and you being his errand boy on this gross, egregious stuff like the Leap District where you are extracting, it comes back to people who care about me. Do you think the average person looks at a half a billion dollars, which is what the Indiana General Assembly confiscated from them in this new budget, a half a billion dollars from poor and middle class people, and they are giving it to some of the richest, most wealthiest corporations, not just in the country. In the world. In the world. Do you think that's resonating? And Brad Chambers, as the head of the IDC, the Secretary of Commerce, was in charge of all this. Do you think anyone, anyone, with a firing synapse in their brain, sees you, Brad Chambers, as an outsider? (laughs) No. They see you as a hitman and a goon for the governor in which you're ripping away farm fields, you're ripping away quality of life, you're ripping away way of life, you're trying to extract hundreds of millions of gallons of water from other communities to make the governor's pie-in-the-sky fantasy island come true, and that guy has the audacity, Mm -hmm. the audacity, Casey, to run ads talking about being an outsider. Please, I beg you, Curtis Hill, uh, Braun, uh, Suzanne, Doden, Mm -hmm. Jamie Rittenauer, any of you uh, five other people, you have a wonderful opportunity to make people believe in you. And that is not Mike Braun by running ads about how you're going to secure the southern border. You're running for governor of Indiana. It has nothing to do with the southern border. You know what you do have control over? Mm-hmm. Taxes. Mm-hmm. People's ability to afford to stay in their homes, to afford to put gas in their car. That is what they're looking for. No one believes that sees your ads that you're going to do thing one about the southern border. Okay, well, Nikki Haley, even though she's uh, under some growing pressure, says that she's not going to leave the race. Maybe, maybe after March 5th, known as Super Tuesday. But for now, she's staying in. Today in South Carolina, we're getting around 40% of the vote. That's about what we got in New Hampshire, too. I'm an accountant. I know 40% is not 50%. But I also know 40% is not some tiny group. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. Just spending more money. Okay, so Joe Cunningham, he's the national director for No Labels. He said that they would uh, consider Nikki Haley. She's somebody that they are definitely interested in. So even if she drops out of the Republican race, maybe she'll switch over and run as a independent. She got three delegates, Casey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to? You, 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 would you like to guess how many Donald Trump got? She lost in her what? In her home county. She to Donald Trump by thirty points. Her home county, where she's from. He got forty-seven. Mm-hmm. She got three. That's how the. This is how the presidential primary is tabulated. It's not percentage of votes. Even if we want to pretend that getting beat sixty percent to forty percent isn't just a complete ass kicking, you got three of the fifty delegates, mm-hmm. Casey. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Well, you know what? Gavin Newsom is uh, really happy that she's staying in. Well, I, I don't know why Democrats would want her out of the race. She's one of our better surrogates. I mean, she's defining the opposition to Trump incredibly effectively. I mean, she's making points I'm applauding every single day about his temperament, his capacity, uh, his you know, unraveling in real time. Uh, and so I think, it's, I think she's been incredibly effective. So I hope she stays in personally. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, it's Trump. I mean, there's, there's not a state Nikki Haley can win. I mean, let, let's look realistically. You look at this map, I, I, you know, it's beyond me why she wants to continue in this race. But again, 
I don't want to get in the way with that, the way of that. Uh, but Trump clearly is the nominee. Biden administration understands that. The campaign understands that. We understand that at a subnational level, a gubernatorial level. And, and that's who we're up against. Yeah. They love that she's in and staying in. She's doing their job for them. It is 18 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Welcome back. Hey, Kevin's back. Welcome back. How was your trip? That was awesome. Glad to be back, though. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, it was a nice little break, though. So you went to Europe for two weeks. Yeah, I went to the UK. I was in Northern Ireland, Scotland, and England. You had two weeks of vacation for the whole year, basically. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm blowing them in February. Yeah, cheapest time to travel around the UK, actually. Really? Yeah. Is there a reason for that? I think just because no one else is going over there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty odd time to go over there, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just I wanted to seize the opportunity. What, what is it like as someone who has never left the country? I always picture it being, I used to have dreams when I was a kid, Casey, like I would end up on the like sands of Iraq mm-hmm. and it would be like some foreign land where everything was upside down. You think somebody's <laughs> going to put you in a box and <laughs> ship you out without your knowledge? Like, well, there's a lot of people who would like to do you'd that, You'd have Casey. to choose to go there, you know. But uh, in, in my world, in my dreams, when I would go to these foreign lands, it was this mythical place where mm-hmm. everything was weird and they would have giant dragons and things like that. Yeah. What is it actually like to fly, to leave the country and then up in another country? I mean, you've obviously done this before you lived over there, but is it like, do you get, if you were to, okay, let's say you'd closed your eyes. What is it? A six hour flight probably? Yeah, it's about a six hour flight. So let's say you had taken a six hour nap and you had awakened. Yeah. Would you know you're in another country? Yeah, definitely, especially with the accents and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think you adjust to it pretty quickly. But that's, so, I'm, I'm not talking about the I'm talking about if you were to step out into the open, is it like oh. in my dream where uh, the sands are sucking mm-hmm. you down under like a Super Mario Brothers Nintendo game? Or in this case, you know, there's obviously vast fields and mountain range. Like, do you know, if you were to know, would you know I'm in another country? Uh, well, I, I uh, touched down in Belfast. And there's, you know, a lot of greenery and some hills and things. But honestly, it's the first... Could be Wisconsin. Yeah, like it could be Wisconsin or something Mm -hmm. like that. But that's just the first impression. Obviously, you get Until you saw him driving on the other side of the road. (laughs) Yeah. Once you get into the city... you tried to pay for something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The currency's different. So based on your videos that you posted to Mm. the Uno Gold Instagram, I assume that's you that's posting those videos of yourself. Yeah. (laughs) On the Uno Gold Instagram. We've got some. Oh, do we? Yeah. Do you, do you want to do you want to hear some of it? Oh my goodness! This is can you? Uh, is it safe for radio? I, I <laughs> Casey was the one who put this together. Actually, uh-huh. so. is this a montage? It's a it's a quick montage, and it's what I texted you. I think Kevin is drunk in <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> What you were doing some karaoke there in Liverpool? Yeah, I was singing some karaoke with the Scousers. Let's look, let's look like all you did was go to various pubs, get drunk mm-hmm. off your ass, and yeah. sing out of tune. That looked well, like that's, all you that's, did. That's all I planned on doing. That that's was, a good vacation, <laughs> I yeah, guess. Exactly. So you did do some sort of Beatles tour, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the Magical Mystery bus tour, and mm-hmm. I saw all the Beatles' childhood homes. I saw where Eleanor Rigby is buried. Mm-hmm. I saw where the Beatles met. Yeah, we actually sang Penny Lane while we were driving down penny lane 
So it was very cool. It was very magical. Now, you had told us before, because you lived in Germany for a while, right? Yeah. You were a fan of perusing the red light district, and you would look at the dancing girls in the windows. We had that discussion discussion before. Do they have any of those over there? Uh, Not really, actually. I didn't see any dancing girls or anything, but... Tell us about the blonde you were singing with. Oh. Yeah, I met her at the, uh, the Grapes pub in uh, Liverpool. That's the name of it? Yeah, the, the Grapes. Grapes Actually, famously, I believe it's where uh, the original Beatles drummer, Pete Best, was oh, yeah. fired. You don't want to talk about a guy that got totally screwed. Pete Best? Pete Best, because yeah. he got, not only did he get, get knocked out of being, let's face it, Ringo Starr is a terrible drummer. Let's face it. If you've ever actually listened, and I can say this, Casey, because I got 104% in my history of the Beatles class at IUPUI. Not uh-huh. only I got, I did so well, uh-huh. I got an A plus uh-huh. plus. And our professor and I had a lengthy uh, conversation about this one time about what a horrific drummer Ringo was. And the guy teaching the history of the Beatles class was like, "Yeah, he sucked. Well, he wasn't yeah. very Would good." Would you agree? You, I mean, you well, are a drummer, Kevin. Do you think that Ringo was a bad drummer? I think he was kind of sloppy. Yeah. I mean, I think he was like creative with his uh, patterns, drumming patterns, but he was a little sloppy. And even the the other Beatles would say that he would never practice. Yeah. So, so if you were to say who would be the drummer for the look, I'll concede, obviously by popular fame, whatever. Not my opinion, but greatest rock group of all time. Wouldn't you think it would be like Keith Moon John or John Bonham, Bonham, Bonham yeah. or someone like that? Not. Ringo Starr. So it wasn't as if they replaced Ringo or replaced Pete Best with some, you know, massively all-time great drummer. And so Pete Best then not only gets axed out of all the fame mm-hmm. and the and the the glitz and glamour at the time, right. but all the money yeah. for all those years. Now, I think they cut him some sort of something when they did that Beatles anthology or the Beatles yeah. thing that was on PBS, I think he and they did that CD. I think they let him in on part of the loot for that. But you're talking probably hundreds of millions of dollars they cost that guy, and not one more or less person would have succumbed to Beatlemania if it had been Pete Best instead of Ringo. Yeah, there people weren't happy about that when it first happened. They would say Ringo never, Pete forever. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. There was a woman there that you were friends with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I met her. Um, mm-hmm. We were basically, yeah, I guess she was from, she might have been from London, actually. Uh Um, But yeah, I met her at the Grapes, (laughs) and I, to be honest, it's kind of a blur to me. I was pretty hammered, (laughs) but yeah, I ended up on stage with her, sang a duet. We were singing Oasis. I picture all the people driving around with, what's the flag called? The Union Jack on their cars? Is that the way it works? Mm -hmm. And they also, in Liverpool, they have a strong Irish heritage, Mm -hmm. so uh they're, they're very proud of that. All right. You know who is uh, great American is Kurt Darling. We've got the news coming up. It's 93 WIBC. I like to be <laughs> under the sea. She's leaving after seven years at the Post. It is 936 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Seven years at the helm of the GOP. Rona Ronna McDaniel going to step down. Uh, it's probably going to happen, what, after Super Tuesday. I believe she said her last day is going to be March 8th. Isn't it wild? So we work in radio and we always kid that every day, you know, you're hired to be fired Mm -hmm. and every day could be your last day. Now, knock on wood, I've made it eight years now Mm -hmm. here, which is, I mean, I'm, it's like the cat, right? (laughs) I'm on life number, I don't know what one. (laughs) Having dealt with management multiple times, it's sure not life number one, Casey. No. But the point is like the, the time span of our career, you produce or you're out. Like you must produce because we must sell ads based on your production or you're you're out. But yet in politics and government, it sometimes seems no matter how bad you screw up, they just simply won't get rid of you. You get to stay. 
not the case for her. I mean, she was handpicked by Donald Trump. But how right? did she make it this long? And so now that- he's handpicking to uninvite her. But he's handpicked her like multiple times. Mm-hmm. They've had opportunities to get rid of her. Yeah. By the way, it's super scary that one guy is now dictating the entire Republican Party. I don't care if you love Trump, hate Trump, whatever. That is not the way it should be working in terms of an actual apparatus because the party, the job of the party should be to elect like-minded people in terms of policies and positions. But when you have one guy who, let's face it, Trump is an outlier in the Republican Party to begin with, and you have him hand-selecting people, and we all know Trump's interested in Trump. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, you lost this Senate race in Montana. Ah, those are the breaks. Did I win? I mean, so I do... How does this affect me? Yeah, I do wonder Mm -hmm. um, how that's going to play out. But isn't it fascinating? So she was 18, was a disaster. I mean, they did pick up seats in the Senate, but that was because they had all sorts of deep red seats like Indiana that were held by, you know, blue senators and Joe Donnelly. They got slaughtered in the House. Then 2020 was a disaster. 2022 was a total under. I mean, I guess they technically got the House, but nowhere near what was projected. Right. 20, the Senate, they didn't win the Senate. And yet she just kept getting. And even after all that, they then reappointed her again. Like, what could you possibly do? To get fired from that job. Well, it's interesting you say that it's about Trump, too, because isn't he the one who's endorsing his daughter-in-law? Well, that's also a little concerning. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to, the, the if you're invested in Trump, let's just, let's just take the Trump presidency out of the equation. And let's talk about what the other races mean, which is, if you want Trump to be successful, you need a 50, at least 51-49 in the Senate probably you need 54 to 55 to have a legitimate shot because you know there's always going to be the susan collins you know romney-esque type people who defect so you're going to need 54 55 senators and you're going to need as we're seeing in the house you're going to need a 10 to 15 vote margin there so you have a vested interest in whoever the party chair is being able to come up with policies and platforms and raise money and and attract candidates that will be there to be able to lift the Trump agenda. Well, I think the one thing that people started to question was her money spending and what she was spending all of the money on because it wasn't effective. Here's the problem they have, though, is as long as Trump is either handpicking candidates for these Senate seats primarily or putting his thumb on the scale of influence, you're going to it's going to continue to be an uphill struggle because look at Pennsylvania they had a slam dunk probably freebie there in terms of and look this pains me to say but the the Bush pick right the guy who was the Bush choice and he was a revered respected longtime resident Pennsylvania you know had, had been in various government positions etc and you gave it away, not for some staunch conservative. Hey, if you told me it's a rock solid liberty and freedom person, okay, game on. But for Dr. Oz, mm-hmm. for Dr. Oz, and the Trump picked guy in, in uh, Nevada went down, and the Trump picked guy in Arizona went down. And so Trump does not have a great track record. I mean, J.D. Vance dramatically, while he won, underperformed the other state ballot candidates in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So these Trump picked people, for whatever reason, do not, so great. Are, are not are not well they're i mean care, they, you know they're looked at as carpetbaggers well the, the and and look i'm not 
I'm not saying that Trump can't have some influence, but what I'm saying is I do not ever remember the nominee for president having the level of sway and input that Trump has had on down ballot races and certainly to the the level of involvement that Trump has had. And the results have not been great. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a major problem for whoever, because it looks like it's going to be this guy from North Carolina and then it's going to be the, the chair. And then you're going to have Trump's daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law right. as the vice chair. Mm-hmm. This is not a recipe for success, Casey, <laughs> well, based on history. We'll see. Uh, something that happened over the weekend, a couple things. There was another balloon that was flying over oh, the country. No. It was intercepted by the uh, aircraft in Utah. Oh, they got this one. Yeah, they said this one was a, a uh, likely, it was a hobby balloon. Unlike the one a year ago that flew <laughs> off the entire balloon. country, right? Um, but again, another balloon. And didn't they say that they upped all of the ability to spot these balloons sooner? What do you call somebody that, um, is it a balloonist? Like if you are into yeah. weather ballooning, are mm-hmm. you a balloonist? Yeah. Maybe we have someone in our audience that could tell us, either at Rob M. Kendall, at Casey Daniels 317 on mm-hmm. Twitter, or 317-684-8444. How is it, how hard is it to shoot your actual own balloon of any size into the air? Like, what do you mean, would, get it up there flying? Yeah, like, I mean, and, and let it float across the, I'm talking a balloon of some size. Obviously, you could get a balloon with helium in it and mm-hmm. let it off right. into the air. I Kev, feel like uh, Denny would know something about Denny that. Denny Smith? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like an he'd ad- be an expert on balloons. Denny Smith is our is our one avid listener, so mm-hmm. maybe if he is listening, because Denny Smith is a pilot, yeah. right? So maybe Denny Smith, and he's an inventor and everything else, so maybe he, he, knows? he could let us know how hard is it to shoot an actual balloon up into, into the, the air. air, yeah. But again, you've got this another small balloon continuing to fly across the United States at a high altitude. And they say that this one didn't pose a national security threat. Does that mean the last one did? Well, that's a great question. And they let that go all the way across the country. Right, exactly. Another thing that happened over the weekend was uh, Shane Gillis was the host of Saturday Night Live. The guy! The guy! That's the guy! Who, with the meme! The meme! So That yes. you were trying to talk about. Yes! Yes, okay. So I guess this guy, I'm so embarrassed now because I guess this guy is actually famous. Yeah, <laughs> I, he's, a, he's like probably the most famous comedian at the moment. More Really? I think so. Oh my, well, you didn't know really who it was either in the beginning. No, I knew who. I, or you didn't I, know who it was. When I saw I didn't the know picture of him, I knew who you okay, were talking about. Okay, very good. About. I didn't know what meme you were talking so about. So for those no. of you, if we go back in the time machine, there's mm-hmm. this meme that I see all the time that I think is hilarious. It's this Shane Gillis guy who mm-hmm. uh, he's pointing a gun like at him, and it's meant to be like uh, kind of a, they, you use the gif now if somebody's like causing self-harm or debating a harm on the masses, not like literally shooting people, but it's him pointing a gun at the masses and everybody goes, woo, and then he points a gun on himself and everybody goes, woo. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen this gif right. at some point. It's hilarious. I don't watch television, Casey, mm-hmm. and you know me, I don't, you know, other than just deep you know, I'm a, a philosopher and a thinker and a and a learned person. So unless it's some sort of periodical <laughs> or, you know, university type publication, I don't, you know, read into pop culture. So I had no idea who this guy was. Right. But he is the he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy. He was he was 
fired back from SNL back in 2019. For something controversial, yeah, right? Yeah, he was only a member of their cast for like 24 hours. Yeah. And, and they, he, they found something he on his did, Twitter. Oh, okay. He said something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Some, and now he has an something internet, inappropriate. an internet show, right? You were saying he's something Is YouTube? It, I forget the name of it, but it's like a sketch comedy and show. He, and he goes around the country as a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was hosting Saturday Night Live. They brought him back. The weekend. They did. And he made some pretty funny jokes uh, a lot about trump but there was this one skit that he did where he was featuring donald trump's new shoes the sneakers <laughs> right and he was saying all the ways that when you wear the sneakers it will make you better but just more confident to double down on what you're saying it won't actually help your skill it'll just give you the confidence to say you've got the skill he gets whoever he wants. Wow. That was the most fantastic lovemaking you've ever had. Not really. It only lasted two hours. That was a two hour love session. You had a big O in there, a very big O. But... I did? Oh. Want to go again? I'd love to, but you're too tired. <laughs> I thought that was one of the, the better skits that they did. And um, that's going to lead us into something else we need to talk about after the break. And that was that your president talked about the key to his good marriage. <laughs> oh, no. Yep, we're going to go there on the way from 93 WIBC. He was born in the summer of his 27th He has long spoken of his love and devotion to his wife, saying it's more important to him than anything else. <laughs> Ten minutes in front of ten. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. But now he's saying the one thing that's keeping their marriage together and so strong Uh is their good sex. (laughs) That's what Joe Biden said about his wife, Jill. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So gross. They've been married for 47 years. Oh, my gosh. And I guess it's a joke that he often tells his staff. uh, He talks about their sex life. Wow. And now it's going to be detailed in a new book that is coming out on Tuesday. Katie Rogers is the author of the book. It's called American Women. And yeah, uh, Joe Biden can't help himself but talking about, you know, getting dirty. Posturepedic polka, the Sealy Shuffle. I can't think of anything. Like if you were grosser. To, I mean, I just that is horrible, Casey. Uh-huh. She's not happy about it. I guess that he puts it out there. J- that Jill Biden is not happy mm-hmm. that he. Mm-hmm. Well, look. I mean, you don't want to think about your grandparents. You know, having interpersonal relations. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Mock and I used to kid all the time. There are a lot of couples you do you wouldn't mind thinking about them having interpersonal relations. We mm-hmm. used to, you know, joke about that all the time when she was here. The Bidens would not be one of those. You don't want to picture that? I mean, it's just it's just wrong. And the fact that he keeps like presenting himself as some sort of sex machine <laughs> when he can't even walk off a stage mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. he can't even he's talking to dead people mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. like there are some 80-year-old people who you're like, that guy probably still has some prowess about him. Like, I don't know how old Arnold Schwarzenegger is. I don't know how old Sylvester Stallone is. Uh, Hell, was it Robert De Niro or Al Pacino just just had had a kid? kid, So Mm -hmm. clearly they're doing something. Mm -hmm. And it's like you would look at those guys who are nearing that age and go, okay, you know, I can still probably see that through uh, through. Let, let me do with air quotes here. Good genetics, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But Joe Biden doesn't even know where he's at 
or how to get off a stage or how to form complete sentences. He can't walk a lot of the time. No one believes that he is uh, that he is just you know a dime store novel character at this point in his existence. Back in 2006, when he was running uh, for office for the Democratic nomination, he said, "I'd rather be at home making love to my wife." <laughs> Why my children are asleep. So Why my bro- children are asleep? Yeah. His children are 50 plus years old. And when when this came out and he said that they had such good sex, the one thing I'm picturing is her kissing Doug Emhoff, <laughs> Kamala's husband. <laughs> so like, what's going on there? Oh my gosh, this is gross, Casey. This is so... I don't even know what the words are. There's so many things I want to say, but I don't think I can actually say them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I would get in trouble and this station would get maybe in trouble. So I'm just going to say that's disgusting and patently untrue that I believe they ever actually have relations anymore at this point. Well, I mean, he's got, he needs her help putting a jacket on. Yeah. And, and, and I do mean like a sports coat. Right. <laughs> you know, I it's... By the do way... You think they, Say it, Casey. Come on. How come I always have to lead these interpersonal relations Uh segments? You take the lead for one. You put your career on the line. It's always me that has to take the lead. I I just have to imagine she has to lead him to the bed. (laughs) They don't do anything, Casey. To go to sleep, let alone anything else. He he was given a speech over the weekend, and... This is him, again, malfunctioning. He's trying to do a a big quote, and he can't even get that right. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do, and we do well to remember what else he said? He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of the, in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around. I know I don't look it. I've been around a long while. Ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean this sincerely. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. That's Matt. He's Magic Mike on the weekends, Casey. <laughs> yes, he is. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.